This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. And welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 10 and we are finishing the last plague before before the Passover, before the death angel, before before God delivers uh, his children finally out of Egypt. And it's not a plague. It's just not a plague. And that's the only thing I can say for it. It's not a plague in the sense that we think of. It is a calamity. It is a devastating set of an set of events or event that really is ominous and really is causes Egypt to be fearful causes the people of Egypt to realize that not only are they dealing with a God that is powerful, they're dealing with a all-powerful God. And there's a difference between the two. At times, this was a war between God and what the Egyptians perceived to be God. Now, it is an understanding that they are dealing with a God who is over all the gods and he has power not over not only over the animals, which they believe the gods had power over. He has power not over not only over the Nile, because he believed the gods had power over the Nile. He had he has power over their physical bodies and their animals. But they believe that also. Now they realize he has power over the weather in the sense that he can send a weather phenomenon that they never seen before hail mixed with fire and uh, they'd never seen anything that resembled that and then now a more ominous one maybe not as devastating to the nation in the sense of being devastating to their land to their possessions to to their physical bodies but devastating to their psychology devastating in the sense that now they know that they're dealing with a god who can do everything and he can literally suck the light, and the light is important. He can suck the light out of their lives. They have no light. He removed their ability to, to illuminate things. They not, did not see each other for three days. They had no source of light. God removed that, and that removal of light is devastating. I can say this, it is devastating for those who I have dealt with, who have known. And in many ways, when I see my clients, as we talked about last night, Micah says, do justly. Micah 6 says that our responsibilities are to do justice or to do justly toward others, meaning don't do people wrong. It, God requires of us that we love mercy and uh, that we want to be merciful to those. And some of the people that I deal with have done some pretty bad stuff, but I love to be merciful in the sense of to realize that even they have the opportunity to experience God's grace and mercy and to be changed by it. And, uh, and then 
to walk humbly for God and realize if it weren't for, if it really weren't for God's grace and mercy toward me, I'd be the same way. I'd be in the same struggles maybe they're in, or I'd be, I'd be dealing with the same difficulties that they're dealing with. And, and the realization that God loves people who, who do right by others, who can look at others with mercy and grace and realize, and realize ultimately by being humble and, and this realization does humble you that God wants, that God could have allowed me to be in that same boat or even a worse one and even a more devastating one or me even being a more terrible one and uh, and see that God that the possibility doesn't lie with me or them but the possibility lies with the light that is him and so many times you have to deal with stuff like that you have to walk in things like that and and so when we look at life and when we look at the things that are going on in the world around us, we have to realize that that a lot of people are walking in a world with no light. They're walking in a world in darkness. And uh, and that is, <clears throat> in many ways, that is terrible, but it's also devastating. It's devastating uh, to them. It's dev- devastating to their heart and their mind psychologically. And obviously, a great cry went out, a terror is has seized Egypt and a rightful terror because what's coming next is death and uh, and this terrible darkness you say why would God do that because some people will be changed by it and they will avoid the the second death they'll avoid uh, spiritual death and sometimes light has to be sucked out of people's lives all sources of it so they'll turn and walk with God and uh, it's not a it's not a judgment in the pure sense of of final and complete, but it is a judgment that is pointing to a final and complete judgment. Death is the final judgment. Death, the second death or the spiritual death where you are totally separated from God for eternity, it is the final judgment. And God is going to do all those things that are required in order to to say to anyone that he has done rightly by them. He's done them justly and they have been given every opportunity, even the opportunity of loss of insight and light. And God's that way, that God is that way. And he cares, he cares enough. He cares enough to take away everything so that there might be a soul that is that that is bent toward him. Verse 24 says, then Pharaoh called Moses in and said, go serve the Lord and let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones go with you. Notice last time he said just the men can go. Now he says, okay, just all of y'all can go, but leave your flocks and herds. Notice he keeps bargaining with God. There's no bargaining with God. I can't say that enough with you. And it is a common feature of the lost, and it's a common feature of the redeemed. That's what's so crazy about it. Like we can bargain with God. That's Number one, if you're bargaining with God, you're bargaining from a, a terrible position. It, it we call that God's got the insider trading position. He knows the future. Why would you want to bargain with somebody who already knows the future? Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you want to be against them in the trade? Why don't you just be on their side? It doesn't make any sense. Why would I buy? Why would I buy stock if God was selling it in the sense of selling it for His profit and my detriment? I wouldn't, because He knows whether it's going up or down. He's the ultimate in insider trading. If God's on one side, I need to jump on that side. If he's taking a position in an area, I need to get in that position. I don't need to be trading with him. I need to be tra- against him. I need to be trading with him. And so many times we try to bargain with God. There, that bargain is not that it's not possible. It's it is 
logically, it is a logical fallacy. It just, it makes no sense. Don't bargain with God. God says, do it, do it. God says, do it this way, do it that way. It is of the utmost importance that we do these things. It really is of the utmost importance that we do these things and that we see it that way. Don't bargain with God. Don't tell, God said, let all of them go. So let them go. Uh, You just had three days of darkness where you couldn't even see anybody. You couldn't see anybody in the palace. Why would you want to bargain with a God that can do that? Don't. Don't. He says, but Moses said, you must also give us sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also shall go with us. Notice, Moses is not saying, let us have our livestock. He's saying, our livestock's going too. Well, <laughs> that, I think that, if you'll notice over the last couple of calamities, last couple of plagues, Moses said, everybody's going. We're all going. Everything's going. He didn't say, Pharaoh, will you please let us have this? He's saying, we're all going. We're going with our goats. We're going with our sheep. We're going with our cattle. We're taking the little ones. We're carrying the old people. Everybody's going. We're Not only are the Jews going, we're taking everybody from Goshen. We're taking the Ethiopians that you have in slavery there. We're taking, the, we're taking those from Libya and Morocco. They're all going with us. Anybody y'all took, in, took from slavery out of the Arabian Peninsula, they're going with us too. Everybody's going. All the slaves. We're going. We're out. And I love that. I love that about him. He is, he's figured it out. He's walking in that boldness because he's seen God move and he's been faithful to do what God said. And he's walking in that boldness. He says, our livestock also shall go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind. He said, we're not even leaving one. Not even leaving, we're not leaving you one donkey. We're taking it all. Everything that's ours is going with us. He says, for must, we must take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And even we do, and even we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. He said, when we get to that mountain, we're going to take everything and we don't know what we're going to serve him with. So we're taking everything. And by the way, we're not only going to take everything, we're going to take the clothes and silver and gold of your people with us too. And we're going to, we're going to carry all of that off with us. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and would not let them go. And he would not let them go. This is the final hardening of the heart of Pharaoh. Pharaoh had hardened his heart five times. And now God is hardening Pharaoh's heart five times. He is four times actually, because the fifth time Pharaoh lets him go, he he got to let him go because he has no choice. If he doesn't, all of Egypt will be dead. And, and he says, he says, I'm not going to let y'all go, but he will next time. He will next time. Then Pharaoh said to him, get away from me. Take heed to yourself and see my face no more. Notice Pharaoh is telling him, telling him, I don't want to have anything more to do with you. Uh, That is the step of death. That is the place when you totally forsake any opportunity that God may afford you to to hear his voice and to walk again, that's when you are what we call reprobate, which means the, there is no chance for you. There's no opportunity. When you cut God off to the point where there is that you will not listen to him, you will not hear from him. And, and you say, well, he just said that to Moses. No, he's saying that to God's messenger. He's saying that to God's prophet. He's saying that to the one who's been bringing him the word of the Lord. Uh, when you do that, when that happens in your life, he is, he is reprobate. He is damned. 
He is he is one who is going to be completely and utterly with his whole life. He's going to be destroyed. He is ultimately going to face the second death. He says, get away from me. Take heed to yourself and see my face no more. For in the day you see my face, you shall die. Um, what he's saying is I have totally, I am totally at war with God. He's not going to see Moses' face in that sense anymore. I know you see in Ten Commandments that he does. He's not. He's going to not see Moses' face anymore. And there's going to be death involved in this. And that comes from his own mouth. He speaks words of death. He is going to receive the words of death. So Moses said, you have spoken well, and I'll never see your face again. And he's right. The next plague that comes is going to come with no warning. The next plague that comes is going to come with no mercy. And the next plague that comes is going to ultimately release the children of Israel. And it's going to devastate in the sense of morale, in the sense of life and future. It is going to devastate Egypt for many centuries to come. Because Pharaoh would not heed the voice of God, hardened his heart toward God tried to bargain with God, and ultimately, finally, totally rejected God. And let me tell you, the world is going to do that. <clears throat> so if you stand on the side of the world, you're standing on the side of death and destruction. You are unredeemed and you are lost. There are those in the world that are that way. They do not hear the Spirit of God. They do not hear the voice of God. They do not hear the wooing of God. And they are not our issue. They're not for believers. We have nothing that we can do for them. We have nothing to give to them because they will not receive it. And I'm not saying that to be ugly or even upset at all about it. I'm saying that so that we know and understand that it's heartbreaking, but it is true. And, and we just keep on moving to the next one. If there is a chance for redemption, it's one that we cannot see, and God's not even given us an eye to open to it. We continue to love justice, uh, to love mercy, and to walk humbly for God, and we let them be, and we let God deal with them. That's a sad time to end this week, but let me say this. We got good days to come. We're going to have a great weekend of worship. We always, don't we? God's Spirit always shows up. God's Word's always powerful because God's that way, and God's anointing and His his mercy and grace pour out when God's people show up. I'd ask you and pray that you would show up and you would see the hand of God at work. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.